0: comment and share hey good morning good evening good afternoon folks it's v the going to be live in this edition of the great game with matthew eric matthew is here you can get him over at canadianpatriot.org as well as the rising tide foundation.net and also check out matthew eric's substack as well as purchase his books it's very vital volume one volume two is out for purchase you can get the links right there in the description box. It will lead you right to it. Support his work. Very key to have the right perspective in this multipolar world as the unipolar world is on the final stages, like a like the dying death rattles of a jackal. <laughs> With that all said, Matthew, what's going on, buddy? How are you? <laughs> if you didn't know what a dying jackal sounded like.
1: <laughs> turn <laughs> on the news. It sounds like Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds like hey, Kamla laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, clear. Uh, yeah, no. What we have right now is really—it's it, very clear that we are entering a point of very high turbulence. Um, it's not going to get less turbulent. So uh, don't you know have any illusions about this thing going back to normal. Uh, the system as we've known it—that we were, many of us at least were born into—is coming to a screeching halt. And what will replace it? What will be the the operating system that? replaces the currently collapsing thing that is that is yet to be seen but that's why you know it's great that we're doing this show that we're that you're able to have this program to give people a better living sense of what the nature of the battle is because you know honestly yeah i mean on the one hand i don't have to talk about the bad stuff right i don't think you did, mm. anybody watching your show has a pretty good sense of the mapping of the the supply chain breakdowns the stores empty devoid of food i've seen pictures across the maritime provinces of just just Food, basic produce, meats. Empty. But Matthew, the uh, wise and
0: high-powered uh, Lord of all she surveys, the one and only Czar of all Czars, the czarina of all Tsarinas, Camilla Harris says the reason for that is uh, you know like meat conglomerates. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah uh, they have power over OPEC. <laughs> yeah, apparently, eh. All of a sudden, uh, they and they just don't want to make any money anymore. They just don't want to no. sell product anymore. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's a new thing. Big, bad corporations. That's easy. Um, Also, also thing I heard, too, is that you actually have people who are who are being told in the media in Europe that like in Germany, that one of the greatest reasons why they have such a big burst of productivity uh, increase or at least GDP increase uh, this year over 2020 is because the uh, one of the biggest I forget it. I forget which one it is now. BioNTech. Uh, One of the biggest vaccine manufacturers has just like pumped out so many vaccines that it has driven uh, a vast amount of progress. So it's great that they got so much new economic activity because they're they're vaccine manufacturing. And meanwhile, Germans are going through an energy crisis, a food and supply chain breakdown. People are going to freeze to death still. Um, And yet they're celebrating things like this. So there's a complete miswiring going on right now in the zeitgeist and how to read value what, what how do you read what is an economy what, what is going on why do people not see that the system is going to implode in a in a unstoppable chain reaction breakdown of defaulting debts that are going to spiral out of control I mean the yeah. whole thing is built around an illusion um, and that is something very knowable a, a, you know a, a kid in elementary school can grasp the principles of why this system is breaking down if, you know, they are properly given a, a good, uh, you know, educative approach, but yet PhDs people who, who you would think no, should know better, cannot see that they're in a house that's on fire. And instead they're sleepwalking from room to room without getting the fire extinguisher. And there are fire extinguishers. There are pathways out of the house. You don't have yeah. to sit there uh, and try to get co- cozy in, in bed. You know, there's, there's things to do. Um, so why? So it's not a question of information, not having enough information. It's how you think There's a real issue of how do people think, which is really the problem. Um, so what I wanted to do today was I I composed a few slides, um, based on a paper that I've just finished writing. I submitted it. It's going to be published in the coming days. Um, it's a lengthy paper and it it tackles some of the the points that I make in my book that I, I, thanks for bringing that up again. Um, The Clash of the Two Americas, Volume 2, on open versus closed systems colliding with JFK and Zbigniew uh, Brzezinski, separated by a big explosion, getting across, you know, obviously two representatives representing the two opposing currents within American tradition, deep state and legitimate. Um, Today, there is... A tendency for people that, that people have to use pattern formation when they make their conclusions. Uh, there, this is a way of thinking, which is a useful thing that humans do. Animals do it too, um, which is it's a it's a, it's part of a tool chest of skills that we were granted when we were born as humans to navigate through this world. Right before we die, pattern formation is just simply seeing that okay something looks a certain way. You could see it in cloud, right? Like clouds form a certain way. They look like something I've seen before, like a bird. And, and I could see a a bird all of a sudden in the clouds. Um, you see that somebody says something and it sounds like something you've seen, which is evil. And even though the person seems to be doing good things, they just said something that sounds like this evil thing you've seen, you put the patterns together and then you make a conclusion. Um, it's kind of like a statistical correlation way of thinking too, you know, um, that's, Incompetent. If you if you only use that to base a judgment in the in the inner court of your of your soul, right? When you like weigh all the evidence of data, and then you you have a you know little angel and devil have a little argument, you know the prosecution and the defense, and then you know you you scrutinize, you think through, let the jury uh, deliberate, and then you come to a conclusion. Right now, if that's what you're using, you're screwed. Um, one example I was I was given several of my uh, contacts. Have sent me um, messages based on Xi Jinping's recent speech that he gave yesterday at the, at at the, the Wef, World right? Economic. Huh. The the WEF, the W the World Economic the WEF, Wef. yeah exactly and I read it I read the speech and sure enough you know just like the the Putin speech from the the previous Davos summits um, there's things in there that sound bad he says he you know we should support the World Trade Organization we should support the the uh Paris climate uh, climate agreements, the, sure. the COP26 carbon decarbonization that, that nobody nobody signed on to. <laughs> that nobody signed on to, yeah. That went to shit. Um <laughs> uh vaccines, he says, you know, he supports uh these things. Um, so from the standpoint of just words used in public, it sounds bad. Okay. The question is, is that does that mean that he is just another part of this. Klaus Fabian Borg-like zombie class that wants to get rid of nation states, reduce the world population, reduce, create a you know technocratic feudalism. Is that is that adequate? Just like Putin, it's all the idea that there is differentiation um, is just a giant game to play with you and give you false hope, which is what a lot of people have been increasingly come to discover uh, recently. That that it's all all parts are co- controlled. My response to that is then why aren't we dead yet? Why are we alive? Exactly. Hey, okay. like if if it's always been the, the empire controlling all sides of the game, why is there a game? Like why, like why didn't they just get what they wanted this whole time a long time ago? So um, that's one question. Second, number two is you're dealing with real politics. Are you going to just listen to what somebody says who wields political power? Or are you also going to look at what they do? And like the Bible says, judge judge the person by their fruits. You don't judge them necessarily just by the words. And in politics, you can never show what your hand is. Sometimes you have to play games. So I would say, and this is why I put together this little series of slides, is to get across that if you hold in your mind the intention to reduce the world population, right, that the oligarchy's fundamental ambition is to bring the world into a compartmentalized uh, divided, reduced uh, population in terms of reduced reduced qu- quantities of us, as well as um, qualities of mind, reduction of mental capabilities. If you hold that in mind, along with the intention to get rid of nation states by stripping them of their ability to have industries to stand on their own two feet and instead keep them in cycles of dependence uh, to a master class, hold that in mind. That's been there. You could find existences of this top-down agenda throughout history. It has been fought against, sometimes successfully. Um, That's, again, people want to get at that, buy my books. Um, So then you could bring this back to, well, what is going on today? And here we have, because the question is, is China and Russia, are they a part of it based on things, nice things they say about Klaus Schwab? So, You can see what I've just opened up on the screen here. Yeah, it's bright and clear. Okay. So it's very clear that there is a, uh, yep. yep. There's a military policy run by the Mickey Mac, the military industrial intelligence, corporate uh, academia uh, complex, as uh, Ray McGovern has pointed out. I love that term to Destroy Russia and China. You have a military encirclement. This was begun under Obama in a serious way around China or the Asia Asia pivot strategy with military encirclements, deployments um, of 50,000 troops in Japan, 28,000 in South Korea, fad missile systems, uh, war game maneuvers, all sorts of very dangerous things around China's perimeter, around Russia. We all know the deal there. Kazakhstan was recently hit with a failed, luckily failed coup d'etat attempt. Um, We got National Endowments for Democracy, CIA, Soros-run operations infiltrated across the landscape within these countries. That's why Soros has been kicked out of Russia. That's why he's not allowed to also set up any operations in China since 1989, because they know what he's about and what he's tried to do many times and what the CIA is still trying to do. So there are very many efforts to carve up and destroy these countries. Why? And so open versus closed systems. When you realize that what these countries are doing, what are their fruits of their actions, not what their leaders are saying for uh, public consumption at venues like Davos, but what are they doing? You can then get it at the heart of what's going on. And I love this speech by Lincoln, who again, many people say, (laughs) it's actually a big thing. He was actually a, a tyrannical villain who tried to steal our freedoms Um, He was a Rothschild puppet because he did business with bankers who were Rothschild affiliated. It's like, really? Why did he get shot? What was he doing? Honestly, that got him shot. Um, What was the property he was preventing people from owning? Was it people? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Mm. but anyway, myths are spun. But he gave a speech or and, and in that speech one time, he made the point that the best way to predict the future is to create it.
0: Right. This
1: he was embodying uh, something at the time called manifest destiny, which is a term that has gotten run through the mud for, for good reasons, because many people who uh, became a or promoted a Pax americana, this idea of America becoming a new Rome to dominate the world, utilized the, uh, the tradition of manifest destiny destructively to spread an imperial ambition to, ensla- to justify the enslavement, of minority groups, african americans, you know, stuffing natives into into concentration camps calling reservations, uh calling them reservations and then doing it internationally with poor countries. This is really for good reason people feel very badly when they see images like this. This is a painting with a bunch of natives uh native americans running away it seems or no, in this case they're not running away, I'm sorry. No, they're part of a caravan um of pioneers and right it's the buffalo running away. Uh, most of America during the 19th century was underdeveloped big time. It was a lot of work to, to actually go from 13 colonies to uh, take, you know, becoming what America is with 50 states today. By 1901, it was 45 states. That was a lot of effort. And sometimes it was it was grown in a unjust way with unnecessary wars run by racists and imperialists who were you know, part of the British run deep state like Andrew Jackson, who ran the Trail of Tears, killing Cherokees. Uh, Cleansing the South of land that was given to slave owners and that empowered the Virginia slave power uh, and also contributed to a mass influx of uh, slaves from Africa. Um, Or let's say the overthrow of the government of Hawaii in 1893. That was another imperial misuse of manifest destiny. And at other times, it was done diplomatically with wisdom by people who uh, wanted things like who initiated the Louisiana Purchase that got the the, the territories. Uh, I mean, much of the U.S. Midwest was was basically bought uh, from Napoleon. And this was initiated by people like John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, who were people who were part of the anti uh, the anti-slavery coalitions who who always fought against with Benjamin Franklin, the idea that you had to force Christianity onto people, that you had to force Western culture to crush their local tribal uh, inferior cultures. There were always there was always a current a movement around Ben Franklin and many of his forebear, uh people who came after him who despised that and understood the moral challenge of America is how do you unify scientific progress and the best of Western civilization with a cherishing and protection of the diversity of the many groups that were already there in the Native American population before um, the Europeans arrived onto the scene. So there was a fight. Um, And it's the lack of ability to differentiate this fight that is the cause of a lot of problems today. This is Lincoln's trans-siberian uh, transcontinental railway that was begu- begun in the the Civil War that was part of this idea of opening up not only the West to, to industrial development but also Asia and people um, like Charles Sumner um, uh, William Seward who initiated the Alaska Purchase uh, William Gilpin the governor of Colorado um, They were all very clear when you read their speeches that America, the newest nation, China, the oldest nation, and Russia had to have a coalition of uh, great civilizations together through rail development and cultural sharing. And Gilpin, the father of the transcontinental in many ways, had even said that uh, America is so corrupt that its salvation can only come through uh, uh, China and Chinese ancient constitution of Confucianism. And he's very clear, and I cite this in my my articles, Um, and he's also very clear of the British infiltration of uh, American civilization. This was also replicated in in Russia by America's allies that saved the United States during the Civil War under Alexander II, the Tsar, who then adopted this idea of protective tariffs, large-scale development, directed credit through national-type banking institutions, state banks, for increasing the productive powers of society mentally and physically, This was supposed to connect. This is William Gilpin's uh, map of the world. I've I've shown this to our, our audience a number of times, but I want this to just be hammered into the people's psyche that the man who was the primary, I would say, driving spirit of manifest destiny in the transcontinental who was Abraham Lincoln's bodyguard, the governor of Colorado, who used the greenback system on a state level to stop the, the opening of a Western front in 1862, by the, the, the British-sponsored Confederate Freemasonic South. This guy actually initiated a program with other collaborators around building rail across the Bering Straits that were supposed to connect up through British Columbia and Canada, through Alaska that was purchased by the United States from Russia, always with a plan to extend these things into Eurasia um, and bringing in its wake the empowerment of sovereign nation-states in a community of common principle. This is very different from the Hobbesian, Darwinian idea of zero sum game survival of the fittest, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's really the nature of the thing. So this was subverted. It was subverted, as we know, because there were artificial color revolutions initiated in Russia. There were the assassinations of many leaders in in America, not just Lincoln, but also Garfield, also McKinley, and several other uh, uh, McKinley's vice president, who died under mysterious circumstances and, and many others um so this subverted a lot of this from 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 happening as it was on the verge of happening as society was on the verge of becoming a new type of species made in a in the image of god which was always the idea of manifest destiny right that god has a purpose that he that this universe is created and there is a a purpose to everything in the universe according to some design of some sort and that the human mind and which makes laws we're the only creature that that makes laws for ourselves and can improve upon laws, can stop doing stupid things, can do better things more wisely And the pursuit of that is called wisdom. That's the idea of a city of God, right? That that man's law is only legit if it conforms to the discoverable laws in the universe. This also applies scientifically. People can think about it more easily in science, but it's also there in uh, metaphysical and moral philosophy. It's not qualitatively that different. But so this tradition goes back a very long time. And economics definitely is part of that. So that was subverted. Today, what is what is why is the oligarchy trying to uh, destroy Russia and China so much? Why do they why do they have that military encirclement? Why do they have all of this propaganda that's trying to get everybody who's afraid of the Great Reset and rightfully so to be uh, to believe that the causal source, the causal hand of it all are these big bad commies that tried to destroy us in the cold war and they're at it again. And we should give our acquiescence to ultimately even war uh, with these countries. And it's because look at what they're doing. I mean, China in the last, since 2013 has initiated the belt and road initiative. These are just some of the main arteries. There are more arteries stretching from Asia um, all the way through Europe, through the middle East, Southwest Asia uh, branches throughout Kazakhstan, Central Asia, Uh, Mongolia, Russia, and beyond. This is another example of the uh, the current upgrading. And I would say, while the US, since John F. Kennedy especially, has lost its claim, it's to the legitimate current of manifest destiny. JFK was trying to do a continental development uh, strategy for rail and water that would have made today's water crisis in California impossible. All of these things were subverted after he died. I'm going to say something about that later. But while that was lost there and America became more uh, absorbed into the imperial uh, structure of defending the new British empire on behalf of a deep state run out of uh, foreign agencies, not American, China and Russia have together, I would say, picked up the torch in many ways. So do their policies reduce population levels and quality or increase? Do they decrease the power of sovereign nation states that they do business with? to be dependent upon a central banking authority, or do they enhance the power of sovereign nation states that they do business with to, uh, support their people stand diplomatically as a power and yada, yada. I would say it's the, it's the opposite in both cases. They're actually empowering the ability to sustain more people. It is the opposite of the closed system ideologues. So what you have is the ministry of transport of Russia with the trans Siberian railway, as well as, uh, you don't have the picture there of the, um, uh, the Baikal, um, uh, what's it called? The uh, um, there, there's a there's another branch, the Baikura Mall, uh, four thousand kilometer railway. The Trans-Siberian is nine thousand kilometers. These are being expanded, modernized, double-tracked uh, to sustain a much greater flow of traffic. With extensions going into J- uh, Japan, that's actually happening right now, um, as well as through Mongolia. What you have here um, on the Left side of the map is the north south transport corridor stretching from Moscow all the way through Central Asia uh, with various rail and development corridors, new energy grids through Iran. It's the, the several ports on the coast of Iran and the Red Sea, and ultimately to India, with also branches going off into Afghanistan and into China. Um, this is big. This is the main arteries. There are a lot of smaller arteries. Um, so here's a quick Layout, where Russia's problem right now, in, in the 90s, they were almost totally annihilated and wiped off the map. Under perestroika, the privatization of everything and the creation of a private central bank, the wiping out of their national state-owned enterprises. The population levels collapsed uh, by several years on average life expectancy and quantity of people. There was a mass migration out to survive. Uh, and an oligarchy pulled into the city of London and Wall Street was set up inside. This is what Putin, this was the deep state that was happily uh, allowing countries on its periphery to join NATO with no resistance. Yeltsin was a big agent of this. This is Soros funded as well. Um, This is the same thing that, that ran a coup in the United States. It's the same Soros operation, okay? It's not about one nation versus another. What you have there are the population densities today, where in red, you have over 60 people per kilometer squared. And it goes all the way down from orange to yellow, to green, to dark green, where you have 0.01 to 1 uh, to 0.5% uh, people per square kilometer, which is very low, low population densities in the underdeveloped part of Russia, which is pretty much most of Russia, most of Siberia, which occupies, I think, about 1.3% uh, times all of Canada and a lower population. Very underdeveloped, a lot of sparsely connected uh, uh, indigenous populations, native Sort of Inuits, kind of like what we have in Canada, except there the difference being that the native populations have not been manipulated by British um, social engineering for generations. So in Russia, they are much more uh, spiritually not traumatized as much, not nearly as much, and they're much more ready to uh, uh, adopt new type of technologies, new educational processes. Whereas here, there's a lot more trauma, a lot more um, issues. Uh, about that. China as well has their own, you know, um, similar demographic issues. Um, 94% of the population live off of, around this high, Hey, uh, ting line, which uh, is that, that yellow line, 6% of the population live in the underpopulated uh, west of China, making up most of the population's territory or the, the nation's territories. Uh, China has 56 smaller ethnic groups, Right. A lot of diverse ethnic groups. The Uyghurs, there's seven different uh, Muslim uh, ethnic groups, as well as Tibetan Buddhists and, and other smaller groups. Um, that's about 113 million people. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's about eight eight different uh, Muslim groups in, that are in China mm-hmm.
0: and all of them doing fairly well. All of them are remarkably well.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Except, the- for
0: the, except for the U.S. Uh, proxies. <laughs> They're not doing yeah. so well. They're not
1: yeah. doing well at all. And no. we're finding them in places like Kazakhstan. I don't know how they got there. I don't know either. But what's interesting is China was able to deal with their terrorist issues where they've had upwards of a 100 plus uh, terrorist incidents uh, in the past, between 2001 and 2015. Yep. And they dealt with it by not blowing up a single country Which is quite the accomplishment.
0: Well, here's the thing. If you want less Islamic or religious fundamentalist terrorism, you bring what? Prosperity and economics into play. But if your mission is to create war and more destabilization, then my friend, you want to bomb
1: and pillage all you want because that just creates more terrorism. Yeah, exactly. And that's ultimately what they, like you said, it, it's what they want. The, it's the effect that matters. Um, they Correct. never intended for the bombing of these countries to resolve the problem. They, they, it was very foreseeable what the the effect was going to be, because ultimately those game masters managing this shit show want chaos. They want civil war inside of the U.S. They want the world to be lit on fire in an ever-multiplying set of unresolvable uh, issues and, um, yeah, the idea of, you know, if you're, if you're a person born into poverty in Afghanistan or in uh, Xinjiang, you're getting radicalized by Saudi CIA funded uh, literature and, uh, you know, you don't have much to live for. You don't have, you know, any economic opportunities around you. You have a lot of injustice you've lived in that you've witnessed a lot of poverty. You probably don't know even how to read very well. So you're having somebody else regurgitate their, uh, how to, re- how to think about the Quran. And uh, someone all of a sudden offers you 500 bucks a month to pick up a gun and go fight in some other country, let's say Kazakhstan or Syria, you're going to you're going to do it, you know, and you've got a purpose to life all of a sudden. Um, now, if somebody actually was given the economic opportunities and educational opportunities to develop real skill sets with a sense that, you know, they could actually have a life of usefulness to humanity, they would guarantee do that instead. But those those opportunities have consciously not been granted by those managing uh, the great game for a very long time. So, you know, Russia has a lot of ethnic groups. Um, there's a lot of Slavs, but the 20% or so are ethnic groups, ethnic minorities, 118 ethnic minorities, which is no small deal. I mean, they, this is a very culturally diverse society. So the, again, the question is, how do you take, just like the United States had that challenge under Gilpin and Lincoln, how do you take the, the best of, of, of civilization, of, of our discoveries, our technologies? Um, and expand that, extend and share it without smothering and homogenizing everything into a Darwinian blob of one homogenous blah, you know, a Borg that you will be assimilated. Is it possible? Because up until now, most people are not able, have, have consciously been withheld from resolving the problem of technological progress and social and ecological diversity. If you, if you have one, you are told you must have a destruction of the others. The, the environment must become worse. We must destroy ecosystems if we build infrastructure, if uh, population smaller groups that have uh, their, their traditions and language groups that are, that are uh, small in number or power, they must be smothered if they are going to be uh, assimilated into some other uh, powerful thing. Now again, the reason why people cannot think this way is because they've been fed garbage from Hobbesian British thinkers and Darwinian thinkers and sociologists and anthropologists and, and historians who all adopt these idiotic views of, of what is human nature and what is what is space-time. What is, you know, the reality is the, is very much the opposite. We don't have to have that at all. And China and Russia together are displaying, demonstrating how this works. Um, a quick example is that. From population density, even though China has way more people, the same type of distribution we see also occurs in the United States, where the majority are concentrated on the eastern side of the US, the western side, middle and west, very underdeveloped. Um, so it's similar in so many ways. And that was the challenge that um, the pioneers in the 19th century had to deal with, too, is how do you think about growing this? Um, that's another picture of the, the transcontinental. Uh, so <clears throat> here we have the native reserves okay so when were these reservations really created as a pox on humanity these are not good things the the reserve system is a racist system cooked up by andrew jackson who i mentioned earlier was a president who killed the national hamilton's national bank number no. 2 in 1832 he killed it brought america under, under the dominance of a speculative free trade system of local banks run by private uh, financiers in London, which now, hey, resulted hey, Matt, in that. Yeah.
0: That's that's that is explosive information. You just took an absolute you, you took the Sarmat two Russian nuclear missile and obliterated this false uh, uh worship that people have, especially economically, towards Andrew Jackson because all they remember is his
1: stupid quote, I killed the bank. I killed the bank. Yeah, and what the, bank did you kill, and what happened after you killed it? You know, and
0: everybody's thinking, "Oh, he uh, killed the Federal Reserve System and central banking." That's
1: not what he killed. Break it down for us, Matt. You, this is huge. Pay attention, folks. This is so big. Uh, so Jackson was himself. Okay, just to be clear, he did. He ran the Trail of Tears, where thousands of Cherokee were killed, and he created the Native, uh, what are called the the um, the Native Removal Acts. Were basically these these people who were living in valuable cotton plantation lands, or were were told, okay, your your habitation where you've been living for generations, we're going to forcefully move you and put you in acceptable little reservations, thousands of kilometers away. In the process, thousands of people died, and this became U.S. governmental policy uh, for decades afterwards, forcing these people in. Now, many of the Cherokee, keep in mind, were also. Um, Very, very brilliant people. They were already adopting modern agricultural techniques and technologies. They were adopting, they were synthesizing the best of the West while keeping and cherishing their own cultural heritage under the Ben Franklin, Alexander Hamilton program. Alexander Hamilton's bank, the the Bank of of the United States, did allow, we're told that this is a Rothschild bank and it's great that Jackson killed it because that was the predecessor of the Federal Reserve, like you said. No. This was a bank that was created in order to help the U.S. survive the first precarious years of its existence in 1791, where it was in debt, had no industry. It was a backwater agricultural cheap, like cash cropping zone. Britain had the had the monopoly of industry. They'd just been in the middle of starting a crushing of Indian industry and Chinese industry, too, so that it would guarantee themselves uh, the full monopoly. And um, and the debts were not going to be paid. The uh, US was going to be broken up and reabsorbed economically if this was to continue. What Hamilton did with his innovation of the National Bank, and people can read his reports on manufacturers and, and see the fight, he cre- he took these state debts, federalized it into one new type of debt that was now part of an asset It was, it was considered a security in, an, in the new bank, which would be permitted to have private investors. Yes, it wasn't 100% run by the government, You could personally invest as a citizen or even an international person. Um, Possibly there was some uh, bad bankers, maybe Rothschild affiliated who tried to buy bonds and maybe they did buy bonds. But one of the conditions was that the directors had to be American. You could not make policy if you were simply a shareholder. And the government had dominant shareholders, uh, shares in the bank. So it was an instrument of government to emit credit because this new type of debt, this federal debt was now tied to new projects. It was, it was turned into a credit for production of, of building roads, national improvements, things like the Erie Canal, which was the biggest infrastructure project in, in history in North America was built up under this thing, um, which caused the U.S. to increase its population four times and become the industrial power beyond even the, the, the Great Britain in only the first 42 years of its existence. That was an impeccable growth. And the only way to get rid of the slave system where the whole economy was largely still reliant in the early years of America on the export of cheap product of cotton and other things, you had to phase off of that drug of cheap labor by industrializing, which costs a lot of money, but it has a qualitatively massive payback. So this gave the US a real weapon to do battle with the international financiers. And as soon as Jackson kills it, Oh, first of all, who is Jackson? Okay, this is important context, okay? I'm not... Jackson was a part of the Aaron Burr machine. Aaron Burr was the guy as vice president who killed Hamilton, shot Hamilton, and was caught red-handed running three different conspiracies between 1801... No, 1800, 1804, and 1807. There were three attempts run by Aaron Burr to break up the United States and undo the American Revolution. The first one... And the second one were both to, to break, to create a new free confederation with free states separated from the Southern uh, slave states under okay. which would crown agent. He was a crown agent. And Anthony Mary, the British ambassador to the United States, even wrote that uh, back to home office in 1804, 1803, that Aaron Burr is our man. He came to me and he offered his services. These were uh, letters that they, they discovered in 1860. Um Aaron Burr was caught redheaded several times, and this is what Hamilton. This is why Hamilton supported uh, Jefferson in the presidency because he knew if Aaron Burr were to win that presidency, being the agent he was who founded Wall Street, he had already founded the Bank of Manhattan using money that was supposed to go towards a water project. He instead set up the Bank of Manhattan, which created the modern deep state. That's Aaron Burr, founding father of the deep state. Uh, if he was to become president, he would break up the United States into a northern empire run with Britain and a yeah. southern slave empire run with Britain. Um, and he, he subverted Aaron Burr's designs. And then he subverted Aaron Burr's designs again uh, when Burr was trying to run for governor of New York in 1804. And it was there when he blocked Burr a second time because if Burr was, was going to become governor, he would have put through this plan of a northern confederacy. Uh, allied with uh, Canadian uh, United Empire loyalists in Montreal and and Newfoundland and and what have you. That would have been the death of the revolutionary experiment. So when Burr was blocked in 1804, that's where there was an initiation, an operation that was set up to uh, kill Hamilton, which resulted in the death of Hamilton, as we know um you could speculate about why hamilton's own son keep in mind died one thing that i think that is useful to keep in mind is his son died of a in a duel on that very location where hamilton died in new jersey using the same guns with uh that that were used when hamilton died against burr same location same guns why apparently and a lot of this information was pulled together by by anton chakin um who i think you guys have had on the show who's writing a new book it's great yeah, you got to have a new um, on Aaron Burr had an, had a major political machine where one of his agents was able to, to pull Alexander Hamilton's talented son into a duel that got him killed again, just two years earlier. And I think Alexander Hamilton kind of lost a bit of his, uh, his cool at that point, he could have been president. Um, and he fell for it. Point being is within two more years, Aaron Burr is caught red handed now working through Andrew Jackson's house to set up an, a Western dictatorship, uh, what's called the um, a Western separation of all of the Louisiana Purchase territories that were gotten from Napoleon. Uh, my friend, Jerry Therrien, uh, wrote a book on this. I uh, published on the Canadian Patriot. It's amazing where and there were people within his conspiracy w- who worked with, again, Martin Van Buren was a key a key figure who became president later on. Jackson, it was his house that was the headquarters used to work with the with British mercenaries to to declare war with Mexico, take over Florida, and then install uh, Burr as the president of the United States after overthrowing Jefferson in 1807. That was the idea. Whether by killing or whether by coup, uh, this was all brought to trial. There was a hearing, and Burr, to avoid arrest, escaped to Montreal, Canada, where his um, I think it's his uh, nephew in law was the governor general of Canada who ensured letters and, uh, and papers for him to get out covertly on a ship and go to Britain where he lived for five years in Jeremy Bentham's estate, where he describes the, those five years of opium smoking prostitution in his diaries. Um, some of them have come to the surface of his, as being the best of his life. Jeremy Bentham is the guy who, who developed the hedonistic calculus that, that the purpose of economy scientifically should be to maximize hedonistic pleasure. And he even had a whole mathematical calculus set up around this. He, he would have made uh, Keynes, John Maynard Keynes, very proud, I think. Um, and also in defense of pederasty was another document run written by the creep Bentham, whose head, by the way, he, he wanted to be preserved um, and put under a wax figure of his body and his will, which is today the case. You can go to Britain at the London Museum and see a picture of a dead corpse with a fake wax head and under the head is this the shrink shriveled up head, his real head of, uh, of Bentham itself. Sick, sick, satanic guy. This is who Aaron Burr was living with for five years, best years of my life. And then he's sent back to the United States in 1812. Well, just just the before time for the
0: war of 1812. Exactly.
1: He's wow. there exactly on the ground at this point to reconstitute his political machine at a time of chaos and crisis which he does. And he's the first one on record to say, Andrew Jackson is the man we want in power. In 1815, he's writing a letter saying, we're going to put our machine's power behind Andrew Jackson. He's the guy who can get it done because he has a, a sort of mythos of a hero. Um, so Jackson is a part of the Burr machine. His job, his assignment is to utilize populism, a false democracy to, to rally a mob against shadowy images that mean nothing of bankers. The bankers, he's trying to destroy the corrupt class. He's like Navalny in Russia, talking about the, the corruption of Russia and how we have to like overthrow big, bad Putin. It's the same type of technique of color revolution, which was deployed, uh, which ultimately resulted in him killing the bank. And as soon as he kills the bank, the second national bank, and opens up the door, he basically gives all of the states local controls to have local local emitted currencies all of a sudden because you know, the, the National Bank had their, their branches in different country, uh, different states, and you could get a loan as a farmer and an industrialist, and, and you could buy a bond in the bank as a citizen and and, and have a private uh, return, like a, a, a very good return on your investment as your nation progressed. So it harmonized personal interest with the general welfare. Very important two concepts to, to develop for a mature human being. That was the National Bank. The Jackson Post National Bank was every single state bank can now issue their own currencies. And quickly, you had a matter of about uh, 1,400 different currencies emitted. It was economic division, chaos. Um, There was no more protectionism, speculative uh, free trade, where the markets decide the hidden invisible hands were able to, like, all of a sudden uh, steal from you again. And there was a bank panic of 1837 immediately, and there was nothing but cyclical bank panics ever since, uh, or beyond that point, until Lincoln revived Hamilton's national banking principle in the form of the greenback system and the general idea of internal production and, and inter- internal improvements. I would just say one thing here. Harrison, who died, the first president to die in office after only three months, had legislation in 1840 on his desk when he died of the muy- very mysterious causes to uh, create a third national bank that had already passed the Senate and the House of, Co- House of Representatives. And it was now on the, his desk to be signed, which is when he died, um, which kept the U.S. in a situation of decay. The increased growth of the slave power uh, was occurring massively throughout the 1840s, 50s. This bad manifest destiny was inducing wars with uh, Mexico, war that never should have happened. Uh, Lincoln fought against the, the War of Mexico, as, as well as John Quincy Adams, his sponsor, um, and, and, many other reprehensible things. Like I said, this native thing, uh, the, 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 cr- the, putting of the different natives into little concentration camp zones, uh, as it was just insane. And what you see on the right hand side, this is something which since Teddy Roosevelt, who was an enemy of the Lincoln view of things, a big, a big Anglophile came in after, after McKinley's murder, every time you got a great president murdered. The guy who comes in is almost guaranteed to be an asshole uh, run by the British. Um, he started putting up, creating what's called protective lands on the bottom right hand side. So all of the federal and state uh, lands became zones that were declared increasingly off limits to development. No rail, no water projects, no dams could be built increasingly as this was happening. And then, you know, these above that is are the different official, you know, uh, conservation lands, the parks. That That have been created where it's absolutely off limits. Now, the natives, as you see, this is where the the population, the Native Americans or First Nations, as we call them. um, I don't know, the name always sort of changes uh, under political correctness, but they're primarily stationed along the zone as like a wall blocking off development, just like we have here these these, uh, protected lands on the West Coast in the middle of the US as a wall blocking development. Um, This was calculated calculated policy to to keep america in a controlled zero-sum game closed system where things could be monopolized and the system could be controlled by an elite master class um this is what's killing all american presidents all american presidents who get shot whether it's garfield or mckinley or lincoln or who die in office uh by poisoning like warren harding or harrison or zachary taylor or bobby kennedy who's almost president or harry Hamilton, they're all fighting for a positive manifest destiny to develop the full continent. That's why it was called the Continental Congress by George Washington. It wasn't called the Congress of the 13 colonies with the Continental Army, right? Um, So there was a deeper understanding there that we've forgotten or it's been misabused. Let's go back to China. So in only 20 plus years, barely more than 20 years, China has gone from what you see on the image uh, of the high speed rail, which was almost nothing still more than, America, than the United States or Canada has in 2008, high-speed rail. We're talking like 300-kilometer capable uh, rail or, uh, per hour or faster. Some of this can go as high as five to 600 kilometers an hour. Um, and on the right, this is only 2018. Today, they are up to 40. No, sorry, 30,000 kilometers of high-speed rail with several magnetic levitation rail systems. One has been built, four more are being built, already in place as again, major arteries with a lot more hundreds of thousands of kilometers, more conventional electrified rail for both passenger and freight. So, you know, going from Montreal to New York, that same distance today takes me about uh, nine to 11 hours by train. If I was allowed to, to travel, which I'm not allowed anymore, but (laughs) in China, that same distance would take about an hour and a half to two hours
0: amazing so it's a very
1: different idea of space it, time. It, it,
0: i and remember that, driving from new york to uh, montreal and uh, i was blitzing it in a bmw m5 and i was able to muster it in like five hours fuck okay. yeah so you're talking about maglev an hour and a half my god it's mind-boggling yes. mind-boggling and i had ways on i had my advanced radar detection system i was averaging at 100 miles an hour and i still did it in five hours and this thing was just an hour i'm like my god it's unbelievable man
1: oh. oh yeah 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 and this is this is you know and this is going beyond uh the east coast of china and into like they're extending high-speed rail you can get high-speed rail now in tibet into laza um the, these these mountain regions where we think of as being super pure and un- untouched by the dirtiness of technology no i mean you can get better internet now in tibet and in laza than you can in m- many places in new york um you got from uh, and it's
0: better, safer five G than the bullshit that they're rolling out over here. Where they're on the verge of canceling flights, it's messing with the telemetry of helicopters. Did you hear about this, Matthew? Mm-mm. In the New York, the helicopter pilots that do helicopter tours of New York City had to ground their aircraft because the five G equipment that are they're 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 putting in the thirty millimeter broad waves. Okay are messing with the telemetry of the aircraft that allows them to ascend and descend while taking the telemetry of the ground and how far the ground is. This is right now the largest union for airliners has, uh, has, gra- has drafted a letter and submitted to Congress to stop the rollout of the next generation 30 millimeter wave uh, 5G networks here in the United States uh, because it is absolutely 100% interferes with the telemetry uh, equipment that is in aircraft that allows them to land properly. That's, you take that's that in, messed up. Unbelievable. You take that into account. Plus the fact that a lot of these pilots are already vaccinated, already worried about being stroked out. If they're landing, this is not a good formula, man. This is no. not a good formula at all.
1: Aye, aye, aye. yeah, that's, that's embarrassing. That's super bad. Um, yeah, so like you said, they're they're actually uh, developing a completely different model of, of economic development, much much similar, I might add, to the type of approach you had under Lincoln, with state national banks that are not privatized the way ours is with the Federal Reserve, or all of Europe under the ECB, or even Russia's central bank is still the, the same central banking setup that was put in in 1990. Uh, to make way for perestroika they still have a lot of western liberalizers and deep state type monetarists embedded forcing their central bank to constrict money under austerity under the uh, formulas and protocols of the IMF uh, the IMF and World Bank especially the IMF so russia still has an, a difficulty where china does not because when when that choice came to china and their soros operative their soros yeltsin Chinese operative Zhao Ziyang almost took power in 1989 during their color revolutionary effort that was subverted. Um, China put a block to it. The intelligentsia rallied, stopped the color revolution, basically arrested for life Zhao Ziyang and his collaborators, forced those who who were able to avoid arrest, who all basically escaped through the triads and MI6 and CIA through Hong Kong into the United States where they live today. Um, they didn't allow their private, their banking system, their national banks to become privatized and instead created new and improved state run national banks that have been used to emit large scale credit for projects, qualitatively different types of loans for building things that we used to do, but we've lost that ability. So this is what Russia needs to do is get a Hamiltonian type of new bank of Russia, Hamiltonian bank of Russia on in place, which is going to be the topic of my, my future articles, um, what you have there is Xinjiang, where there's the, you know, people cry tears because they're given horror stories by the NED-affiliated news outlets with anecdotal evidence galore about the but, big, bad Chinese Matthew, forcing uh, Xinjiang Uyghurs to eat pork but, and stuff.
0: But there's, but, but there's terrible concentration camps there, and they're forcing the, the, the Xinjiang, the Uyghur Muslims to pick cotton by hand. <laughs> Just,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. And if you actually listen to the videos of people who live in Xinjiang who have... Actually, gotten trade skills and technologies. They've got high-speed rail in Xinjiang. Yep. For, you know, for God's sakes, they're they're developing real skill sets. Um, there's high advanced technology, more advanced even than what we are given here. Where you have the Lanzhou uh, passenger uh, rail being developed. You got a seventeen hundred uh, kilometer large Lazaju uh, rail, which is there in, in dark blue. Uh, sorry, in light blue. You got other rail going through uh, Kazakhstan. And in uh, and, Kyrgyzstan and uh, Uzbekistan, um, you got other types of rail uh, being developed. Um, I mean, there's just so much. There's so much going on in interconnectivity. There's greening of deserts that is happening right now, which is increasing food production in incredible ways and also lowering the temperature, which is also occurring as the, uh, there's more green because of China and also because of India's uh green like water projects that are the sorts of things we used to do these are 20 to 40 year projects that they're doing as we speak um there's a lot more but we i know we're we're lacking for time but just to say um the, this is the cradle i have been writing for them uh, cynthia chung uh, my wife also has begun uh working with them and and they're just great it's a wonderful website um where they produce these great maps and this is one that they've done recently Involving Iran, and how is the, the Belt and Road Initiative now transforming the Southwest Asian zone with uh, just rail corridors in black, uh, the, north, the north-south transport corridor in white, you've got new ports being developed and, and grown, uh, stretching all the way from like, you know, <laughs> you got to hear from, from the port of Bandar Abbas all the way through uh, Turkey. Um, through Iran, you got another one from Basra to Shlomshay as a rail being developed as we speak that could connect easily to an already existent 1300 kilometer railway that's not active uh, in, in Iraq. you got to wonder why. Um, that would then also open up the door to both Syria and Lebanon for massive reconstruction, um, which I mean, Syria just joined on December, uh, January 12th. They officially joined the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, there's all sorts of things that will come out of this. So, this is now going on. Is this decreasing the power of sovereign nation states to stand on their own two feet or is it increasing it? It is increasing it. Is it decreasing population potential or increasing your, your power to support more and better people? The, the second one. So, this is very much the opposite of the Great Reset um, way of thinking in all cases. Oops. Um, oops. 100% opposite. 100% opposite. So anybody who has any confusion right now about whether or not Putin and Xi Jinping are on board with the depopulation, uh, climate blah, 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 COP26 or uh, COVID dictatorship or I don't know what I'm allowed to say online. You can say, um, hey, dude,
0: we're, we're going on Rumble, so you can say whatever the hell you want.
1: Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Oh, we're All free. <laughs> right. We're not on, not on YouTube anymore?
0: Well, we're, we're going to be back on YouTube on the 26th, and um. when we go on there, we're going to have like Hey everybody! You know we're going to be here on YouTube. Uh, if you want to get more information, f- follow us here. The real video, to everything that's going to be discussed is going to be bang here yeah, Rumble. That's what we're going to do. Good,
1: good. Yeah, All that's right. the only way yeah. to do it. So we're going to get the, yeah. We're going to have thousands of our audience members just come right over. It's going to be awesome. Good. Yeah. And so right now, anybody listening should just immediately save the the Rumble account on your uh, your book. You know your bookmarks yep. and just use that every day. Exactly. Um, but so yeah, I mean it's very clear that. You can't show all your hands in real politics. You do have this evil, very centralized, very powerful, supranational beast, which is satanic as, as sin. Um, that has very bad, a, a bad idea of a dystopic future that they think should be brought into being. You know, as they rule in hell, because they would never have the humility to serve in heaven, which is the recognition right. that every baby is created in a beautiful way and in the image of God, the Creator, who's created us to discover the laws of creation and then participate in the unfolding of that creative process by being good people, obedient to our reason and our conscience, and thinking about the broader implications of our lives having been lived in space and in time, both in the past and in the future, and to the degree that you do that, then you are free. I mean, it doesn't matter physically you have, you know, it doesn't matter where you are you are free spiritually, metaphysically, which is the only place where reality truly exists and your capacity to be a conduit and a channel for something which is immortal and true and divine and good. Whether, whatever your amplitude is, some people have a big amplitude like a Martin Luther King Jr. or Ben Franklin or, or JFK. They had a big ampli- amplifying power as an individual life having been lived well, um, even though their lives in some cases were cut off too soon. They lived very well and they used their time well. So a high amplitude... Other people, they don't have the opportunity to have as high of an amplitude, but everybody can have a positive amplitude on that level of reality, which is what diminishes the power ultimately of the oligarchy to keep its tentacles into the system it wants to manipulate. And it can only manipulate us to the degree that we allow ourselves to stay selfish, small minded, myopic, and thinking about ourselves first over the whole. And I'm not trying to sound like one of these idiot liberals who say, oh, you don't want to be... uh, you don't want to be quadruple jab because you don't care about the whole and you care about your personal rights. No, I don't mean that. That's a fake crisis. I, that, that's not real. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the actual idea of thinking of yourself as being something which we're, we're all going to die. We, that's a fact of life. It's part of what makes us human. But the fact is that we can also extend our being, our reason um, on, on, on levels that extend far beyond our birth and death bookends. And to the degree that we do that and we get better at doing that is the degree to which society has a much better chance of becoming our true selves, which, I mean, you know, we were on the verge of a, of a, of a paradigm shift in, uh, in the 19th century when the American system was spreading under a system of win-win cooperation, anti-Darwinian modalities of cooperation and creative, creative change over simple systems of control and diminishing returns, which was very Darwinian. That was what we were on the verge of. The, the game board was was knocked over and we went into chaos and stupidity. We went into an unnecessary World War I. A lot of damage was done. We went into a World War II. And coming out of that, we had another coalescence of, um, and this is, again, people want to really get their minds around this, read volume two of the Clash of the Two Americas, but you had another near uh, coalescence of a new paradigm around Franklin Roosevelt and his international allies for a win-win system of national sovereign cooperation, kind of like John Quincy Adams' community of principle, right? That almost happened with internationalizing the New Deal and utilizing the World Bank as a real national bank, like the Reconstruction Finance Corporation National Banking System, um, to emit large-scale credit conditionality free for the development of Tennessee Valley Authority-type projects in Africa, in India, in China, in South America, and beyond. That was very close to happening until... Roosevelt died under mysterious circumstances. His allies were double labeled red commie traitors. And their, in many cases, careers were destroyed. Some cases their lives and the parasite took over. We came close with JFK and his valiant fight, which I went through in a previous broadcast, right. Um, to create a new system where humanity could be ourselves species who have our four freedoms met the four freedoms of Roosevelt, where that is the basis of our freedom is not our right to just choose a, a political team right? On a, as if politics was a sports game and the fact that we can choose our, our party and vote uh, for a party, both all parties being controlled. That's not freedom. We could pick our, our toothpaste or whatever type of you know flavor of pizza we want or drug we want to consume or gender we want to be. That's what we're told our, our democratic rules-based order of freedom is based on. No. And that's why we're told, oh, China's not into freedom and liberty because they don't you know they don't respect that they have a one-party system it's like well they also are massively increasing quality of life and religious freedoms you know you you got something like twenty-four thousand mosques in Xinjiang but they're They're communists yeah they're communists yeah right yeah that way to turn off the mind right (laughs) the longevity has gone from 30 years of age on average in 1949 in Xinjiang people died at the average of 30 years of age to 72 years of age today and it's increasing same thing for tibet illiteracy was upwards of 93% in 1946 in tibet today it's down to less than 1% of literacy full school i mean 99.9% of kids are in school but they but they kicked out the dalai lama <laughs> oh yeah right who was admitted by the cia to have been an asset for the cia oh, along with his what, brother right exactly like, use a it's not a big peaceful thing these guys were running terrorist operations being funded and armed by the CIA throughout the 1950s and 60s um yeah like this is not what we're being fed by uh the great narrative uh game masters who are bringing the Dalai Lama into our side and you know what the Dalai Lama is not such a he's come out increasingly um I think a bit more um reasonable in the last year to bit um promoting the idea that maybe we shouldn't you know necessarily get rid of nation states so I mean, I won't try to oversimplify the Dalai Lama, but all that to say, we're being lied to a lot. Um, And so China is actually doing, and Russia is doing a manifest destiny of sorts with the Confucian and Christian Orthodox cultures tied together with Islamic cultures like Iran, who's also doing their own form of manifest destiny. And it is not in any qualitative way different than the sort of thing that came out of the great Renaissance process that. uh, we went through in the more european side of the world but it's very much the same thing and i hope that india can get on board with their wonderful multi-thousands of year old uh civilization and uh, really embrace that as well which i think they can do um and you know with that top-down view in mind people should be a lot less depressed about the turbulence that we are already in that are we're we're going to continue to move through in this minefield in this maelstrom and have sense that there is a fight which is being waged on a, on a very high level. Um, and the empire is not nearly as powerful in that context than, than one might think. So, you know, things might get a bit ugly in our backyard, but there is a fight for humanity. And we can only hope that uh, that maybe sooner than later, the empire will finally pull a Rumplestiltskin because its name has been guessed. And anybody who knows the story of Stiltskin knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. He ripped himself to pieces.
0: And I hope and pray that that's exactly what, what happens to these globalists and these deep staters who are behind exceptional Stan. Me too. Matthew, it is always an awesome pleasure to have you on. Again, folks, check him out over at the Canadian Patriot.org, risingtidefoundation.net, as well as his Substack. Purchase his books, subscribe. This is vital, pertinent history that is pretty much at this point not spoken about anywhere. And Matthew is able to take some of the most complex subject matter of history and break it down in the most entertaining, most succinct, most, most important of ways that people could get it and understand the broad picture. He's absolutely gifted in doing that. Very vital that you support him, folks. Very vital. And once again, thank you all for listening in, and we're out.